It would be foolish to underestimate you, brother. Yes, I lied when I said you were made first, but with good reason. Dr. Sung made me perfect in his first attempt, but he made me so completely human, the colonists became envious of me. You lived with the colonists until they petitioned Sung to make a more comfortable, less perfect android. In other words, you, brother. Strange new takes. I'm your host, Dodge Karnick, and with me, refusing to use contractions, is. Huh? Huh? Uh? Chew. <laughs> it's me, Adam Bowen. <laughs> Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today, we'll be sharing a recap of the Star Trek Next Generation episode, Data Lore. Follow us on social media, that's at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast and make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that, uh, I don't know, we can keep existing. We can put some urgency into it. There you go. And as always, if you are still stuck in on 17th January 1988 and you haven't watched this episode, make sure to watch it before you listen to the podcast uh, because we're going to spoil a bunch of stuff in it and probably a bunch of other things too in Star Trek. So ye be warned. As I said earlier, we're going to be talking about the Star Trek Next Generation episode. Also, hold on for a minute, Adam. I always say when conversation is Star Trek Next Generation, but it's actually Star Trek The Next Generation. And mm. I was wondering, do you have strong opinions on this? If you, yeah, I mean, someone, it's, it's always you know, bothered me that you've said it, but I just haven't had the courage to bring it up whenever you've, yeah, you've just left out that the. Like, are you, are you being serious right now? I can't tell. Like I can, I can see it bothering people. I don't know. I no, I legitimately have never noticed that you that you do that. Okay, well, it bothers me just a little bit because I'm like, actually, there is that the, and I'm not saying it, but it just feels so much natural, more natural to say Star Trek Next Generation rather than Star Trek the Next Generation. I think anyway. I always just call it the Next Generation, okay. potentially without well, saying you Star are Trek. The correct one in our group, so. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we're talking about the episode Data Lore. It's the 13th episode of the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. It first aired on the 18th of January, 1988. The teleplay was by Robert Lewin and Gene Roddenberry. This is also, by the way, the last episode in which old Gene gets credited as uh, uh, with, with writing. And the story is by Robert Levin and Maurice Hurley. Uh, directed by Rob Bowman, the in-universe date is Stardate 412442.4, correspond to 2364. We always start with our strange new takes. So, Adam, do you have a strange new take for me? Yeah, I probably do for uh, the real world. I just need to uh, have a moment to think about it. Oh, yeah, so recently... Uh, I got myself a, um, well, by recently, I suppose I, I pre-ordered it like what feels like a year ago or more, uh, an analog pocket, which is basically a, uh, it's like a luxury Game Boy, but it can play Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, 
uh, Game Boy Color, as well as like TurboGrafx-16 and a bunch of other random things. Uh, uh, the technology that underlies it is FPGA. So theoretically, it is um, uh, uh, simulating the actual hardware of a Game Boy instead of uh, uh, just emulating it. Uh, and you can put like carts in it and stuff like that. So I've Carts. been playing some Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, uh, and that game's great. So what? Are, what? Would you said you could put in carts into it. What is carts? Like like a game cart or cartridge? Oh, you can actually use the old Game Boy stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's basically like a Game Boy with an extremely good screen, okay. uh, and has like different modes. That you can uh, change the uh, the display configuration and stuff like that, so it can more closely emulate the old style or you can just have this enormous beautiful screen to look at so okay uh, yeah cool been, cool been enjoying it uh for for the episode itself i uh, i i referenced the 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 sneeze uh, earlier i i don't know if you if you've ever noticed this about people but i i've gotten the impression that some people maybe like train themselves to have a particular type of sneeze like some people might might try to have like a or I don't, I don't know if they've trained it. It, it just seems I, I'm uh, when I sneeze, uh, it results in like a whole body convulsion. And you might think that something terrible is happening to me. Uh, but I've seen people where it, they just have sort of polite little sneezes. Uh, and I once knew someone who basically she would uh, cover her mouth and nose and then just it sounded like she was just quietly saying chew like into her hands and I, I didn't understand like how that was still accomplishing the thing that sneezing was doing. So, um, yeah, I've just always wondered about it. Uh, if you are one of these people, uh, dear listener, uh, just, uh, shout us out on Twitter and tell us about it. All right. Uh, I have not thought about that. I will tell you, Adam, that I sometimes am quite self-conscious about the fact that I have very loud sneezes, but I can't help it. I just, you know, sometimes I go, ah, but maybe you can, maybe you can. I guess so. Um, well, anyway, for real life, I'll tag on to your take. Uh, I used to have a Sega Game Gear back in the day. Did you have one of those? I did not. I was a Nintendo kid, so. Uh, I... You also were a let's not buy batteries every two days kid uh, because the Game Gear <laughs> chewed up six AA batteries within three hours. No joke. It was insane, like how, how quickly it ate through batteries. And there's a whole bunch of lore on the Game Gear because of this, by the way. Anyway, I, in similar stuff, I actually bought a Sega Mega Drive last year as well. It was one at like a secondhand electronic store that I was at. Oh, and nice. I was like, hey, let's get this. And then I started playing games. Number one, a lot of my favorite games are region locked to the version of the Mega Drive that was in, or sold in Asia, which really sucks. Yeah. Because not only, it's not like a, a DRM thing, it's a, the, the games run on a fundamentally different level of like processor or whatever. So you mm -hmm. just can't play them. Number one, number two, they're really hard, man. Old games take no prisoners. Like Mortal Kombat two, you get like your ass handed to you by the computer, like from the beginning. Yes. Uh, there well, is. I, yeah. Uh, uh, analog, I believe actually sells a, a uh, I, I might be, might be wrong on this. I think that they have a version of the, uh, at least something that can play uh uh sega uh let's see is it the i forget which one it is if it's the master system or not uh but 
you should be able to play games on it and it it is a re- it's not region locked so like my analog could play a japanese cartridge if i put it in there um so oh an analog takes like mega drive cartridges i think so it, there's there's probably like a um a uh, adapter for it okay well there is no adapter for mine and it kind of sucks because the whole point i mean i can emulate my favorite cricket game from back in the day on my computer right like the whole point of this was to get the old hardware and make it work man and yeah well here we are anyway getting back to star trek uh i love old star trek in certain ways where it's like you know we just had a, a like a really difficult like action sequence where the doctor got shot at the um you know child was at risk like the ship almost got like destroyed by a crystalline entity and everyone's like at the end as soon as like the the enemy gets beamed off the ship to god knows where everyone's just like haha back to normal let's joke <laughs> around and walk off this uh walk out of this cargo bay instead of actually thinking like is lore actually gone? Are we actually safe? Doctor, are you still alive? Hey, Wesley, do you have any trauma from this incident? Like, <laughs> none of that. It's like, all's well that ends well. Play the end theme. Yeah. I I, I, I was uh, kind of, I, I was expecting some sort of explanation of like where, where he was beamed to. I, I guess he was beamed to the same place that the tree was going to be beamed to. And then they just left him out there i i I truly don't remember what happens in that immediately uh subsequent episode about lore also uh, where's this tree coming from from? (laughs) who's got this tree that we're beaming to like i mean i know that there's like a hydro well no hydroponics bay is in voyager i know that keiko like manages plants somewhere yeah those are plants not trees like (laughs) Also, what happened to Worf? Is he just sitting with broken ribs in an elevator somewhere? Like, what? Like, is nobody concerned about any of this? Like, <laughs> it would harm his honor if we were concerned about him. So. I guess so. I guess so, man. Well, anyway, um, that was my stranger take. Let's jump into discussing this episode. I guess I it it hadn't occurred to me that this episode not only has lore in it, but it has the crystalline entity. It also has this whole piece about the contractions, all things which will. I mean, I don't know if you actually ever see the Crystalline Entity again other than in the opening credits of uh, Lower Decks. But still, it's a pretty iconic uh, TNG enemy. So I I guess I wasn't... I, I didn't remember that besides giving us lore, this episode also gave us a bunch of like iconic stuff from TNG. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, it's... I, th- I think I had kind of forgotten that lore was introduced this early in in TNG, and it, it's. I was kind of reflecting as we were we were as I was watching the episode this week. Is like, uh, this is such a like soap opera type uh, uh, plot for for a show like having the evil twin brother or or whatnot, and I'm just kind of surprised. Uh, how fondly I think of lore and and whatnot, and so some of it must just be that uh, uh, he's in so many iconic episodes like after this. But honestly, I, I feel like this one worked out pretty well too, uh, despite it being uh, deep in season one, which is uh, an absolutely atrocious season of Star Trek. Yeah. Also, this this speaking of iconic, this episode also has a shut up, Wesley. Which is just such a silly moment on the bridge. And then, like, Beverly Cash is like, hey, don't tell my kid to shut up. Wesley says something like, shut up, Wesley. And it's like, ah, God, you guys, come on. Uh, uh, mm. Well, what's what's interesting is uh, 
Oh, okay. Never mind. I I, it, I saw that uh, Memory Alpha has this listed as a crystalline entity, uh, arc, mm-hmm. arc one of two, uh, and uh, f- for a moment they made it seem like the conclusion of the arc was in Lower Decks, uh, but that that is not the case. There seems it's it's Silicon Avatar is the next episode that it appears in. Isn't that the one where the, there's like a doctor who's like she mistakes data for like her husband or something like that? Like she's she's like emotionally compromised or something that, that sounds about right uh I, I don't have time to read through the entire dang thing but it's a the enterprise gives chase to the crystalline entity after it destroys a federation colony a xenologist who has motivation all her own with the respect to this crystalline entity is assigned to the enterprise to assist with the investigations and that's in uh season five episode okay. four well we're not going to be talking about that one we're going to be continuing to talk about data lore so all right, our ship goes to Data's planet. Ooh, mysterious. No one's ever visited this place in 26 years. Which, like, hello, you guys found a fully functioning android who has, like, who's capable of joining Starfleet, and none of you are like, are there more of this dude? Like, is is are we, are we at risk? Like, where'd this person come from? Maybe we should go take a look at this planet where he was found. No, none of that. Especially like he he's on like very much a uh, a a table that is uh, not at all natural, and the conclusion that that was reached by them is like let's not look into this any further. Uh, even though there's, uh, I mean, I know that some of this is just like prop design or or set design or whatever, but uh, that's that's a door right next to him. <laughs> you don't have to look very far. <laughs> right, right, and there was like a Federation outpost here. Like, didn't anybody want to find out? Like. Hey, these guys stopped responding to our communications a little while ago. Maybe we should go take a look and see if they're well, all right. D- data remembers all of their memories or something. It, it's a, a very strange detail in this episode that just kind of like throw, th- uh, put out there and then not used. Right. So that was going to be my next question is, do they ever use this thing of like data remembers the memories of 400 people? <laughs> I I remember it being referenced, but it's possible that it's only referenced in this episode. So I honestly don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh oh, here we go. It's referenced in the next in that uh, that follow on episode. Uh, Silicon Avatar. Yeah. I see. Her son Raymond was who was called Re- Rennie was that's one of the colonists. So yeah. that's the hook. So there we go. Okay. All right. Well, apparently Data is four hundred other people now. Um. Well. Our, our intrepid Enterprise D, or I should say our Galaxy Enterprise D, shows up to the... Uh, you didn't catch on my little pun there. I it, it took me a little bit too long so that if I had laughed, uh, it might have just interrupted you, but then we just did it anyway. Man, why do we even do this podcast together, Adam, if you're not going to laugh at my dumb jokes? Like, you know, there's precious <laughs> few people in this world who do that. You're sometimes one of them. That's why I make time for this. <laughs> and then here we are. I came up with a really good one there, and it just passed us by. Anyway, let's move on, huh? Um, okay, so our friends get to this sh- to, to this planet, and they're like, stunned, stunned, I tell you, to find out there's no life at all. This colony is completely abandoned. Again, begging the question, why didn't someone, like, there was no curiosity ever about, like, hey, this colony, also this android we found. Somebody, go check on whether there's more. Well, and, and, and also just, it... <laughs> I mean, I, I know that some of this is just like they didn't have the or they didn't want to spend the money on spacesuits uh, uh, for everybody. But 
like there is just no caution when uh, uh, Federation officers just like beam down anywhere. <laughs> uh, 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 there is some caution. The first officer's like, what kind of Starfleet officer would I be if I let you go down there, Captain? So the second most <laughs> important person on the ship should be in charge of this. Yeah. So let me go. Let me go down with every other senior officer to a planet that where all life was wiped out uh, instantaneously or something by an unknown thing. And now, okay. Let's 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 give some perspective here. The two of us are joking around. I'm having a lot of fun tearing this thing to shreds in some ways. But this is early season TNG, which is coming what like twenty years after Star Trek ended the last time. There's not a ton of lore in the Star Trek Bible at this point. You know, there's, there's... a little bit of lore though, uh, and that's what comes out in this episode. <laughs> See, See this go. is how you react to a pun <laughs> that your co-host makes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good one. Nice job. There we go. But yeah, so so we we there, there isn't like a a like a continuity uh, list of things that they there's like they're making it up as they go. Like we get the rest of Star Trek because they tried stuff, and so it's a little bit fun from our perspective to go back and look at this early episode and make some jokes. But credit where credit is due, they were doing the best they can at this point. Which actually brings to mind, I, I wonder if this was part of the... So uh, I think at least the first few episodes uh, of TNG, or maybe the entire season, uh, was kind of resurrected from an old set of scripts for a what was intended to be a second series of Star Trek, which I think was going to be uh, with the original crew, but it just it never it, actually it, got made. I think it's like phase two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I I wonder if this was worked out of a phase two episode. Uh, but I I mean, it, if if not, maybe that's why this one is good. Is that it's not just a recycled script uh, that was supposed to be about completely different characters. Well, this so funny you mentioned that. The script was about it was almost two other stories. Number one, it was about some Riker going to some planet, meeting meeting someone, falling in love, and finding out she's an android. And then the other Which possible happens later. Happens later. The other possible thing that this could have been is that an android, female android, is found whose data's love interest, and she kind of joins the crew to become their like hazardous situation specialist. But then Brent oh. Spiner was the one who convinced them to go with the evil twin uh, concept. Nice. And also, uh, this just yeah sets up so that he can play uh, every single character in uh star trek forever yeah exactly well so our crew ends up on this planet as you say with no spacesuits they're just kind of plodding around and hey guess what we've turned up exactly in the right place uh because i mean of course they do you know we can't spend a couple of days traversing an entire planet we have to go to the place <laughs> where we found data so yeah and then data helpfully is like i was found over there and then they walk over to the place they find said very totally natural pedestal and Jordy shows that our Enterprise D crew is smarter than all the other Starfleet crews by showing, hey, remember how this other crew that found data? Well, they didn't notice that this cavern that he's been found in is clearly artificial to someone like me, but uh, it's it's been it mimics a natural form really well, which I guess is explainable by the fact that Jordy has this visor so he can see more details. Yeah, and I, I, I guess we it, it seems to be that we we have this conceit that like, Tricorders, for some reason, can't pick up the same things that that Jordy can. So uh, maybe it's it's able to have extra processing power from connecting into his own 
See, brain somehow. This is ne- why we shouldn't be net. shouldn't be concerned with AI because you need a human. Even the best technology, you need a human uh, understanding the inputs to the human brain and understanding the inputs to make sense of it. There you go. Well, so then he reaches up, he hits a hinge, and suddenly we find where the colonists went. The the crystalline entity drove them indoors. And then they still got wiped out. So I guess he came back or something like that and wiped wiped him out even harder. Yeah, also what happened to their like bones and stuff. Yeah. You I, know. I guess that that's just like they took the life force out so hard that there were no bones left. But there were still like brushes brush and trees and whatnot outside right and there was also i i I mean i don't know if you um if you know this but there's an early version of the script where we do see a flashback to the colonists oh and as the crystalline entity is wiping them out one of them is uh have you filled the lore compartment with smoke it's the most important thing we can do before we all die (laughs) and and they're like oh no and so in the last dying breath the guy fills the compartment with smoke and then hits a transporter, which beams him out into a place where his body will decompose. There we go. Yeah. So heroic, that, heroic moment. It was a heroic moment. Um, also, there was another guy in another one of these scenes who was like, listen, we need to have really spooky music playing in all the halls of our of our uh, underground lair. So that's why when the when the crew goes in there, suddenly the soundtrack changes and we get very spooky music. Uh, and and someone else was uh, making sure to uh, I think it was a caricature artist was making sure to draw a very, very terrified little cartoon people uh, running away from a uh, crystalline entity. So and and on, in yet another scene, it turns out there was a lot of scenes that they wrote and didn't include from the flashbacks. It could have been a whole <laughs> other episode. Uh, there was another scientist who's like, oh, kids, you are traumatized and drawing this traumatic situation. What's, what should we do here? What's the reaction? Oh, let's put these adorable drawings all next to each other in the laboratory. <laughs> so so that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, our crew goes into the lab. They find that, like, prop with the light, you know, that one prop, which we've seen in, like, yes, many yeah, different I episodes. took note of that, yep. Yep, yep. And then they they discover Lore, who has a beautiful butt. I I hope you <laughs> noticed that as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of surprised, but I mean, like, I I guess since it's like a styrofoam butt or whatever, we can just we can just do that. But it it definitely made me. It, I, I I guess I'm wondering if they had already decided that. Uh, well, I guess they must have because that's this season. Is the, uh, we reveal that Data is fully functional, uh, in. Uh, programmed with multiple techniques uh and so yeah i don't know just uh, all, all those scenes where we we like strategically have all the everyone looking like up uh at the uh the torso of uh of lore but aren't uh cameras not looking in, into that just i don't know i spent a lot of time thinking about how uh we're just looking at lore's junk uh and uh poking and prodding things so also, it's got to be kind of awkward for the person who has to put that piece together, right? Like, you know, you just have a bunch of junk <laughs> sitting there on the table in front of you and like... Well, and is it detachable like his ears? I don't know. That's what I want to know. I mean, you could... Here, Adam, this is why I love <laughs> being with you on this. It's just the two of You know, there are, I mean, there are multiple different alien species. So it'd be very helpful to have switchable junk. So there we you go. Can, yeah, you know, you can you can perform in any have a, situation. A Klingon attachment. Yeah, 
exactly. Uh, double the fun as such. <laughs> so I think it would be a great feature. Nuni and Soong would have been like, mm, you know what? I, I, I regret about humanity that we're not able to switch our junk to be perfectly compatible in situations that, are, that occur in the future often. Uh, so we will give lore is actually, you know what? Lore can switch his junk, data can't. Lore was a little too perfect in that way. <laughs> that that's what was creeping out the other colonists. He didn't yeah. have anything else to do with his emotion. Laura could just <laughs> bone everybody, and that wasn't great. So we had to like you know get get roll it back a bit. <laughs> good times, good times, very good times. Uh, speaking of lack of caution. There is, an, again, a decided lack of caution where they're like, hey, we found the second android. Let's just beam him up and put him together. There are some, like, so short discussions about it, but there's not a lot of study that goes into, like, putting Laura together before they decide to put Laura back together. No, it... it I, I mean, I, I, I guess the, that's the other thing is that in this episode is that we're, this is the episode where we learn all the lessons that makes everyone so dang cautious uh, about, uh, like, B4 and, I guess, Laura in the future uh because yeah <laughs> we just went head head on into all these things that were turned out to be super bad ideas yeah well and so we do get lore get put back together and that's where data finally tells uh dr crusher how to turn him off we this is where we learn about data's off switch mm. and then there's a scene where you you see them kind of operating on data and lore together um putting them back together. So I guess you still need a surgeon to put an Android back together. Yeah, I, 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 and I guess I can see why they did it that way because we hadn't yet established that, I don't know if maybe Jordy like doesn't show any engineering prowess this season uh, while he's in the red shirt because they're, they're still sort of thinking of it as like, wow, a Starfleet is so progressive in the future that a blind man can pilot the Enterprise or, or whatever it was mm -hmm. that his, his pitch was. Um, uh, cause yeah, in, in future, uh, episodes, it's always Jordy with, with data, but, uh, I wonder if, uh, if Gates McFadden didn't have to, uh, uh, well, that they didn't force Gates McFadden to like not be in season two. I wonder if they would have kept that, uh, that sort of relationship going in terms of like having her be the one that works on data versus mm. Jordy. Right. Yeah, that could have been. Um, well, we also see the scene in basically people are kind of concerned with Data's reaction to having a brother show up. So there's that scene where Picard, Riker and Worf are talking to Data about it. And they decide that, yep, it's the right thing to put them back together and turn them on. And as soon as Lore comes back online, well, he can he's suddenly a slightly different android. He's lying. Yeah, yeah and, and it's... I, I guess that's part of what is interesting to me is, like, he's he immediately shows that he's capable of deceit, but we still don't... Uh, sort of. We still are, are treating him very naively. I was expecting Data to be more cautious the moment... Uh, like, because they, ha they have that discussion, and it's, it's clear that Lore has other kinds of motivations going on, uh, but then Data just leaves him in the room with a computer... Yeah, yeah, he's, first of all, uh, Lore lies when he wakes up, 
and Data notices it but doesn't say anything. Then Lore is inexplicably taken to the bridge to sit at the most important console in the ship. And Wesley yeah. and Jordy are t- teaching him how to fly the ship. And that's where... Did you understand this whole piece about the 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 uh, Pythagoras theorem? Where, where Riker asks him about the formula and Data is like, Oh, you showed yourself to be... To know more than you than you claimed. Oh, I yeah, I I think it was just sort of demonstrating that he's he's able to just like spout off mathematical theorems. Uh, I I don't remember which exact one that they were mentioning, but I assume it was just the um. It's a square. It's a just square. The, it's a Pythagoras theorem, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's yeah. uh, uh, so maybe he didn't say hypotenuse or something like that. But uh, the um, I guess. Yeah, it, it just. I, I I guess I don't know why that test was there because we we hadn't necessarily like proven that Lore was stupid, because uh, he's like in the uh, on the bridge learning to fly the ship and is clearly like intuiting like how that all is working. So, yeah, especially as we're talking about like three hundred and sixty degrees or whatnot. Like I I don't understand why it's now amazing that or would be extra revealing if he like knows the Pythagorean theorem as well right exactly i mean he is an android so you'd think yeah. i mean and they know what data is capable of so the assumption going in would be that the, that lore has the same capability so yeah yeah again also lack of caution uh being <laughs> displayed here but also there's a this is a thing about like are you okay data with him calling you brother uh yeah. and that so that starts pretty quickly brother uh and we then learn in Data's quarters that he he confronts Lore, but again doesn't report the lying to the captain. Mm, yeah, and as you said, leaves him at the computer console to thumb through pages and pages of well, I don't know. They look like technical manuals. Yeah, it's the exact same scene as in uh, Space Seed. Yeah, and so it's like he's he's taking in everything. Yep. And what he does with this information, unclear at this point, because he doesn't really do a ton of it uh, until he the, the future episodes where his knowledge of the Enterprise and Starfleet come in handy. But, yeah, I, I assume it's sort of explaining why he can send sub, subspace signals and stuff like that uh, from the console on the other side of the room. But yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Data lets his guard down and then gets uh, wiped well, turned off by Lore, mm-hmm. which apparently Lore needs to use some powder hidden in a champagne to... Yeah, I guess that, that was the other thing is like, oh, uh, he's he's getting some, some sort of... Uh, uh, I forget what the, what type of compound, but it's just like, oh, that's just like him getting ointment. Uh, we won't ask about that or like wonder about that, but it's going to be used immediately uh, in like 15 minutes. Uh, so... I assume that that's the compound that he was getting is putting that compound, putting that into his champagne. But, um, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he incapacitates data, switches clothes with him. Uh, hopefully he doesn't switch junk with him, but, um, and then, <laughs> then decides to go to the bridge as you do when you're masquerading as somebody else. And that's where we see that Wesley 
knows the thing about contractions. Also, by the way, there's a great piece of exposition where Lore tells us exactly how he's perfect in the, through his use of grammar when he's talking to Data, and he says, you can't use contractions. Ha, 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 ha. And Wesley but, but just, being, yeah. It, it, it's just, it's hilarious because they, they really don't pay attention to that. <laughs> in this episode. Forget the series. <laughs> in this episode, in the end, Data says to Picard, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, and that's how lore comes back. Is is that it? There was actually another switcheroo, and it's been it's lore from from this until season five. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, so this contraction thing comes in, and Wesley, being the smartass that he is, already has noticed this about data. So he, when when uh, lore says beautiful, isn't it, to the crystalline entity? He's like, wait a minute, and then everyone starts progressively in harsher ways, telling him to shut up and fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, they, they were really doubling down. Uh, it, even like uh, his his mom saying like, uh, like don't talk to my kid that way. Essentially, and then just like decides to tell him shut up again. Like, no, just listen to him. But yeah, nobody nobody is like, okay, wh why are you interjecting so much? Like, they're just like, ah, I am offended that a child would speak to an adult. Oh my god, how dare you? Kids these days. Yeah, seriously. But Wesley knows, and again, in the the world of caution, in security-based caution, Riker decides to accompany Wesley down to the to Data's quarters, where Lore <laughs> picks up Data and starts shaking him a little bit, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is so dangerous! We have to leave the room." Also, we can both just go back to the bridge without posting any security or anything. It's all gonna be fine. I just. I love how that's just he's like clearly just shaking his body like it's a puppet. <laughs> just like he, he's activating, he can sense you. <laughs> like why did that work? So the logic there was that's why the line exists in when they find that pedestal. So the data says, like, oh, I believe I was I have some like sensor that senses the presence of Starfleet and that made me activate. But it still didn't quite um I don't know that it didn't make I yeah. didn't, it's not a very natural connection, especially I think the reaction that Riker and Wesley have, which is, OK, let's just leave. It doesn't really fit the situation. Yeah, like it, it, if it was like, let's leave and lock this room so that no one can get out. And then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, then we pretty quickly get to the point where Lore is back on the bridge. The Twistline entity is there, and he says, "Well, let's let me let me communicate with the entity," and tells the entity, "We are very powerful." And then says, "Let's beam a tree over, and then you can shoot your phasers at it." And, that, that, <laughs> and Picard's like, "Yeah, of course. That sounds like a great idea." What? <laughs> I don't know. It was a little like. There's no like. Why is this the right thing? Why are you suggesting this? Also, how did you know that this is what the entity needed to back off? Like none of that. Yeah, I and I, and I guess they explain it a little bit uh, when he's sort of saying like, "Oh, it'll lower the shields, and that's when you'll be able to take things over or whatnot." But uh, which I guess is interesting because I my assumption was that the crystalline entity was like so powerful because it could kill an entire planet that it would be like a match for the Enterprise. But it kind of seems like it's not if. The shields are up. Right, exactly. Um, and then Lore starts going down to the 
to the cargo hold. This is where Wesley finally gets the guts to express his concerns. And then we mm-hmm. send Worf and a couple of security officers down. And two things. Number one, first of all, Lore's reaction times. Wonderful. Emergency close. Suddenly he's in an elevator with just Worf. And then we get the classic like Star Trek showing us how powerful someone is seen by them <laughs> getting punched in the face and nothing <laughs> happens. <laughs> Nice. Uh, which is hilarious. Also, why didn't those two security guys immediately go, hey, listen, something's happening. <laughs> yes. Instead, uh, we have we have Crusher, Data, and Wes showing up to the cargo hold to interrupt Lore. Yeah. It's I I, I mean I suppose that there's there's some level of like maybe we can explain it away by saying that Lore has data's command codes somehow probably and therefore he can override anyone else's attempt to something uh and that's how it all worked out right and in some terrific tactical work you have beverly crusher going around the side with the phaser while the android and the child go on the other side (laughs) (laughs) which is not the first time that that wesley's been put into direct danger by other people (laughs) like uh, i I think it was like Riker out of caution that sent wesley (laughs) to to keep an eye on on data uh who was lore at the time which is just like that kid's gonna get killed yeah probably not the best uh thing for him to be in those situations, as demonstrated by Lore pretty quickly, where he shows yes. that, uh, oh yeah, there's a child here, and his mother's here too. Wonderful. Why don't I use these two people against one another? And then somehow also decides to, as the mom is finally, okay, like, fine, I'm leaving, uh, shoot her as well for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> This all ends with basically Lore getting uh, Wes and Data teaming up to beam Lore away, where I'm not really sure. And nobody seems to be very particularly curious about where, where he's gone afterwards. And just in time, then, Picard, Riker, and Tasha Yar burst in with their phasers. And it's like, oh, everything's great. No problem. Yeah. Which I guess like during that whole scene, I was also thinking like, wait, shouldn't Lore have like superhuman hearing and therefore he can tell that that someone is like trying to flank him uh, while they're they're in that cargo bay. But it seems like that's not a thing. Mm. He just got real good punch moves and he can he can take a hit to the face. Uh huh. And that's that. Really, there's no like debrief. There's no Picard standing in front of a mirror like think or, or his window thinking about things. It's just over. There, there's a little bit. I, I think we have that bit of wrap up where, uh, uh, like throughout the episode, Picard is giving little commentaries on, um, uh, like treating Data more like a person or or not 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 using like it and and things like that. So I, I think we, we get like little sprinklings of that throughout. So that there's like sort of that happening at the end. But yeah, it does kind of just end. Yeah. So, um, anything we didn't cover in this episode that you wanna you wanna talk about briefly before we go to ratings? Uh, no, I th- I think we we covered things things pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Go ahead and give ratings. All right. So, strange new ratings. One of us has to stick our necks out and give this episode a rating. I think I'll go first this time. I'll start with a question: Are we giving this episode credit for being TNG season one? 
was, I was considering giving two ratings, one of which was uh, it, it in the context of season one. Uh, uh, we don't we don't have to mess up the spreadsheet with it or anything like that. Uh, it, it if we were to entertain that idea, how would you how would you rank this or how would you feel about uh, it? If I was, and I'm I'm typically not a fan of doing this. Um, actually, that's a complete lie. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the context of TNG season one, this is a seven out of 10. It's a six without it. It's not a bad episode necessarily. It's just mm. very, it's not very deep. Um, and there's very little of what makes Star Trek special in terms of like intellectual discussions or anything kind of significant um, with this. It's just very, very surface level. Like we found an evil twin. He's evil. And he tries to take over the ship and then we stop him. Yep. There's no kind of, there are some discussions about like it versus he and like, are we yeah. treating as an object? But it's it's not really, they, they don't explore it much and we get more of that in Measure of a Man, thankfully. Yeah. It, like to, to some degree, it feels like this is this episode is great at setting up lots of other different episodes, yes. but doesn't itself do the things that we want it to do. No. So I'm going to give it a seven- and this is with giving it credit for season one. I think in the vacuum, it's a five or a six. But if you've got to pick an episode of season one to watch, it could be this one and it'd be, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty similar. It's like it, uh, this is maybe like the, ascent, the only, well, I suppose you do need to seek encounter at Farpoint to like really get the ending of uh, TNG and whatnot. So uh, you can watch watch that. Maybe then also watch Data Lore, and you can probably skip the rest of that season. Uh, and uh, honestly, it's not it's not as I, I enjoyed that the episode. <laughs> essentially, yeah, in context, it wasn't as cringy as it seemed. Like it was like it would have been if you just like read what the plot was. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like uh, uh, there was like some decent moments that happened happened here and there, but it yeah overall it was kind of a like uh the 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 it versus he type things were better handled in like measure of a man uh all the data lore stuff is better ha happened in any other lore episode uh uh and it's just um yeah lot, lots of lots of like uh not careful uh uh structuring of the the narrative and whatnot happening throughout but yeah so uh, I think I'll give this one a uh, a seven just because it's kind of fun, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Sounds good. And I think I think this was a good episode for us to prep for lore because I think the other mm -hmm. lore episodes get so much more airtime because they're later, they're better. Yeah, this one I think helps us at least understand where he came from. It gives us a little bit of background on Data and Nuni and Soong as well. So. I, yeah. I think it's it's worth watching as prep for Picard. So I'm and and I thought it was actually interesting that uh, in terms of like prop design, uh, I it made me appreciate like Nemesis and, and other iterations where we saw like a disassembled data. Like you saw the exact same kind of like molds uh, present, like the stuff that was supposed to be applying his skin, I believe is like there with B4 uh, when they discover him on un, un, uh, disassembled. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There we Good go. Good job uh prop people yeah you, you, how do you think that the person who had to design the prop butt felt like do you think they took the brand i think they felt pretty good and did it or was there like some chiseling needed like tick 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 <laughs> do you think there was 
a full level of detail added to the facsimile. Yeah, because that, that's how we have to know. We have to set up for later on. We're going to be talking about uh, beards being as smooth as a android's bottom. And so it, it needed to have that level of fidelity in this episode. All right. OK, well, with that, thank you, Adam, for coming together with me to talk about data lore. Starting next week, we get to talk about Picard. Very excited about talking about that Super with you excited and about the that. others. And thanks, Notch. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Emily, Bill, Rudy, wherever y'all are, whatever it is y'all are doing. I hope y'all are having a great time. And thanks, dear listener, for making us a part of your week. Uh, we always appreciate that you take the time to listen. Thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. And special thanks this week to Brent Spiner, who decided to have the wonderful idea of him playing himself or playing playing other <laughs> versions of Data. And then that turned into Union Soong, and that turned into B4, and like this whole journey of Eric Soong and Alton and Ego Soong and Soong's all over. So yeah. good job, Brent Spiner. All right, everybody, see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.